0: I'm Jensen Mueller, And I'm Quentin Wilson, And together we are the Two Enthusiast Podcast. Quentin, episode 12, Dirty Dozen. The
1: Dirty Dozen, yeah, that's good. We have
0: uh, a piece of fan mail that I would like to talk to you about real quick. Okay. So, uh, Kyle Mayer and his wife, Sarah, came to our rescue on our pronunciation, our German pronunciation.
1: Okay, of Wunderlich. W- von- Wunderlich. Wunderlich.
0: Where we... So, this is, this is the downside so they they were kind enough to send us an email and uh, take the time to do an actual recording of the proper which german which is so awesome oh, it's how so great. cool is
1: that that somebody would do that for so
0: so we'll play it for you in a second but the best part is i've probably listened to it like a dozen times now and i still can't say it yeah no doubt sure
1: <laughs> i just don't think i have the brain for german i know what you mean just going to get down and get I'm my wonderlick on i'm going to spell that out when i look on ebay for my wonderlick fairing yeah yeah well so uh, we should, we should play the email cuz
0: they were they were, they took the time to yeah, actually awesome. send us a recording like oh yeah so it's just awesome. So we'll we'll play it for you and then and then we'll do some some housekeeping items I think.
2: Hey, Jensen and Quentin, my name is Kyle and I'm here with my wife Sarah. Uh we are from Chicago and we are both motorcycle enthusiasts. Um Sarah just passed her MSF basic rider course this year. Right on. So Congratulations. She's now got her motorcycle endorsement. Fair high five. And um, we wanted to let you know the proper pronunciation of Wunderlich. Uh, Sarah is a native German speaker having grown up in Austria, the land of Red Bull and KTM and Falco. So here Falco. she is. Falco. <laughs> he The pronunciation a is Wunderlich. Wunderlich.
0: i like that she does she like does the google stuff the there you have yeah, totally the um, slow down google version
2: yeah again we're from chicago but uh in the spring 2016 we're planning a trip to uh your neck of the woods that's portland and seattle so yeah definitely looking definitely forward us to it. i've never here. seen that part of the country so it should be exciting bring your ring and, jacket uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah thanks for listening awesome kick stands up. Yes. Oh, yes! side stands up as. <laughs> side they say stands in that up. that basic writer course. <laughs> oh man, I'm so You, you I'm have so. no
0: idea how good it made me feel to. hear that. I played it so many times. It warmed my heart. It warmed my but you, cold, but you, black journalist heart.
1: You hate it. You don't like my kick stands up. You've oh, always but thought I like it. I, stupid. Like, I do think it's stupid. I love that other people do it though. <laughs> it's funny. Like there's been more than one person that's done it like as a not as a joke but like and I've been like, oh, come on, because it's so cheesy, right? <laughs> it's so cheesy. I thought it was cheesy, and I was doing it because it was cheesy, but now it's a thing. Yeah, it's a
0: thing now. Okay. Uh, so I should say, Kyle, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time to to make a recording for us. Uh, we, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll have to, like, get some swag or something out to you if we figure out the swag the swag front
1: and seriously big ups to you for bringing up falco i i mean uh, you know rock me on right rock me amadeus. oh i wish we could segue rock me on deus into deus ex machina oh my god well, all right we're gonna have to wait for that later i'll bring that up I'll, I'll have to revisit that oh der commissar oh it's so good falco reference thank you mm. and and there was an aprilia called a falco Yeah, yeah, that was. Right? So it's like all kinds of goodness all wrapped up into one there.
0: And we managed to talk about Austria without bringing up Hitler. (laughs) So we're so ahead of the curve. Air high five on that one for sure. (laughs) Uh, See, we hit the explicit button. Like, like, it was holding us back not having it before. And now there's just every dirty nook and cranny we can get into. Um, other housekeeping items, I went back and remastered, uh, I think, the first five episodes because those were a lot quieter than than the current crop because we kind of changed, or I changed something on how we were editing. Okay. And so, I definitely got a lot of feedback that those ones were quieter, harder to hear, especially like if we had a couple guys listening to them with um, the audio systems in their helmets.
1: Ah. And they were saying they it, it couldn't get loud enough for them to Dude, either. I don't know if I'd feel comfortable with somebody driving along listening, listening to... Listening to us. Yeah. I mean, I... Well, that's a, that maybe or that's a topic for a podcast, but putting radio music in my ears when I'm driving, oh man, bad things happen. And I don't, I don't, I, I personally don't like to do it because it, it's distracting. Yeah.
0: Right? I would say I like the few times I've listened to music while I ride, I definitely am more aggressive especially because I listen to yes. more like high tempo stuff. Sure. Totally. So I start riding more like a jerk. Whereas like when I do long distance travel, I love listening to like books on tape or podcasts. Sure. Um, and I, cause it helps keep you alert and
1: keep you awake no, and it. keep your brain I, And engaged. a car, it's one thing, but it's weird when you're on a bike, it, the switch is turned on. I mm. guess that's what the same with me is I would have a tendency to put in, you know, black rebel motorcycle club and then drive way too fast and act like an idiot just because it's, it raises your tempo. It just does. It's part of what happens. So I, I, I guess we're not raising any tempos talking though, but can you imagine if, uh, I make some sweet pun f- joke, and he's going down the road and laughs, and then crashes into a tree. I'd be, I'd be worried about he or she d- having an issue with that.
0: Right, here, I'm gonna help you sleep better at night. Nobody laughs. You're not at that, that you funny. Oh
1: man. Nobody likes oh, you. Oh man. I've, I haven't gotten a single email
0: to enthusiasts at asphaltrubber.com. I haven't gotten a single email that says I oh. like Quentin. Oh man. To be fair, I haven't gotten any of that like <laughs> me either. But I'm just saying, I'm just okay. disputing facts right
1: now. All right, you gotta, I gotta be grounded. You sometimes you have to ground me because I'm expecting like, <laughs> right? Where's my crown? Fair enough,
0: fair enough. Uh, you know, Quentin, we, we we did something interesting the uh, the last week that I kind of want to talk about. It's not really motorcycle related, but I think we can we can shoehorn it into the into the the show with with a segue. We we went we went gun shopping, and obviously. Before we get down that dark road, everything that's going on in the world right now is, is is horrible with the mass shootings and things like that. And we definitely don't condone any of that or want to get into the politics of it or, and get too far down that, that quagmire. But I will say it was very interesting for me to uh, see another niche enthusiast uh, industry and, and to see like the gun enthusiasts geek out over the different nuances of of uh, the pistols yep. and the rifles that they had there. Yep. And in, and it there was, like, a light bulb in the back of my head as I was standing there uh, kind of watching of thinking, like, this is exactly how the motorcycle industry is. When we sit here, like, you and I, and talk about motorcycles, there's, like, this other industry, and I'm sure there's there's tons of these little industries out there, sailing the same way. I was about to say, it's, a, it's an analog and- for
1: everything. But what separates it, let's talk about, what is it about guns and bikes? Because for the whole time I've been in motorcycles – I've always been around people that are always into guns. I mean, it's 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 always in the same vein. Not every single motorcyclist I know is into guns, no. but there's always one or two in a, in a in a in a circle of people that is into both. Yeah, right. And I'll tell you, as as someone that that's
0: been in the motorcycle forum realm, you cannot go to any motorcycle forum and not find excuse the the, the double negative and not find a guns thread and a girls on bikes thread. And if there isn't one, it's because the moderators yeah. have deleted it or banned sure. it. It is, it is very, very, huh. very, very interesting Girls on see bikes. That. Like,
1: hey, I'm going to start this girls on bikes. It's, part
0: and part. That's what
1: we do. Yeah, exactly. It's
0: like, hey, we just want like half naked girls on our bikes. Um. And that's the thread. It's basically like the pornography thread. Usually they, they sure. start, if they're not moderated carefully, they just spiral into pornography. Yeah. But the guns on bikes, or not the guns on bikes, but the guns <laughs> and bikes, or it's just the guns thread. It's just like, show yeah. me your guns kind of thing. It just always struck me as really, really interesting that... That these it's like a it's a wine and cheese pairing almost like they just <laughs> they just go together for some it's true. reason that's true true and I don't know why is it is it the, okay
1: well I'll, is it the demographics is it is there something about guns and motorcycles that are similar what are your thoughts all right so for for myself it's there's the mechanical part of guns which is fascinating because they're fairly simple machines when you if you break down a gun and you lay it on on the table there's not too many moving parts levers springs right yeah. But when you look at each part, there's an incredible amount of intricacy into each thing and what it does and how it does it and how it all fits together, right? And th- of course, the power, the bang, the 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 result of the bang, the the the, the, the audible, yeah, tangible, all, all of it, all all of that. You know, I'm, I'm I'm gripping my hand, saying this because I've I'm feeling the gun in my hand the the sound it makes, the kickback, and then the watching of the whatever that you're shooting, you know, either disintegrating or getting hit or right, there it's it's very, I don't even I don't I satisfying. Yes, okay, there we go. It's incredibly satisfying. See,
0: that's the thing. Like, so, like, just listening to you sit there and talk about that. If I replaced every time you said the word gun with like exhaust, sure. It would have been the same it right. would have been the same argument, right I know I know it's, it's really weird,
1: yeah, so there's the mechanical aspect of it. I always saw that was interesting right. that for me is enjoyable. The dark side of guns it is definitely dark but
0: well, I think we, I think lately in the news we've seen the it's dark horrible side of guns, right? right, and it's heartbreaking,
1: absolutely heartbreaking, and for somebody like me, it certainly makes me there's a little part in the back of my head that says, oh man I, I, I should smelt these guns that I have part of me says that but Dude. We had just gone to that shop and I had a really good time and I really wanted to try this one gun, right? I I would love to own a CZ 75. Well, that was that right? was the that, I was want the thing that. that
0: was, that's when I was just kind of like sitting there with the gears grinding away because so we should, we should back it up. You're looking at this this check gun and and it had been machined We were checking it out. We were checking it out. It had been machined for like 150 odd hours of of, of gunsmithing time on building out the the different things, and it had special grips that were heavily customized. It was sure. a heavily customized sure. gun, and it, and it, it just, I'm sitting there, and I'm watching the, 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 the guy, the, sh- the shop owner, the salesman. But he's, he's he was so deep into it, he, right? He was like he was to guns what you and I are to motorcycles. He was sitting there, extremely knowledgeable, knew his stuff, was a total enthusiast, long hair. I love the long <laughs> hair, right? But it was it was just very interesting to see him explaining everything that was about this this special pistol and 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 you know it was just like us in the going like we could be talking about bikes right now he actually I think he was a, a motorcycle enthusiast he like, t-
1: but the way he knew yeah. about magpul so yeah. magpul is a company that makes gun parts right. on a heavy shoot, level shooting an accessories <clears throat> and, and impressive level they also uh, in recent years have gone to making motorcycles i think there's a couple of dudes that yeah. were working there that would tweak but, out on bikes but magpul Built the Ronin Buell, which is the bike that this past year did incredibly well going up Pikes Peak Hill Climb, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a Buell that's been worked over with like a weirdo front end and some other bits and pieces, right? And it's it's a cool looking bike for sure, but it's a Buell, so it's compromised on every level, (laughs) right? But the dude that rode it up Pikes Peak went pretty damn well. And it was impressive to watch, I have to admit. I was surprised that something that came from as a start from Buell actually was able to do well. It's a good-looking bike, and and they've spun that out
0: into its own little company, and they're making... The 47 Ronin, they're making 47 models. And each and one's this named guy knew after. everything
1: about it because he was a motorcycle. Well, I don't know. We didn't get the chance to talk with no, him. No, we didn't. I it could tell we could get down the rabbit hole with the guy. And I didn't want to waste his time because he's in his in his element trying to sell. We were looky-loose. We are totally lucky loose I mean, there was a part of me that would want to, but it's Christmas time. I'm not about to drop... 550 bucks on a CZ. I'm just not going to do it right now. Well, that was that was that was the thing that
0: killed me it was like it wasn't a $550 gun. It was like a $4,000 gun. Well, the
1: CZ was 550. The one we were looking at was a SIG. That one was 1000. Then the one that I just was like I I don't understand and that's the one he geeked out on the most right. was $4,500 yeah. and it was a it was a 1911 of some sort that I, I don't remember who made it, but it was it was just like hand built. Yeah. Every piece had yeah. been Perfectly machined to be perfect, almost an edifice to 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 worship. As your, it's like people that buy the Desmosedici and just let it sit in their house, and they don't really want to ride it; they just want to have it and love it, and and just enjoy the fact that they own it. How is that Desmosedici
0: any better than that? You and know, it isn't. It's it's whatever, whatever sport bike, but bike you have. It
1: is when you turn it on and it makes the sounds it makes because it's different than a 1098R or 1199R, even though you could probably go faster on. You know a ten thousand dollar R one, it doesn't matter because you turn that fucker on and holy crap does it make a sound that is like the only that's the only one that's going to make right. that sound right? right? It's only and when you look at it, it's the the beauty of the flowing of the lines and you know the fact that its face looks like Admiral Akbar. It's just everybody loves that right? So that <laughs> that that is what a Desmosedici. I don't be. see
0: I don't see Admiral Akbar in, a trap. The, in the Desmo so it's much a trap. as I do in the R one. Yes, the, you're right. The Desmo
1: yeah. looks like a koi fish to me, though. Just kind of
0: sitting out there. just,
1: just a beautiful flowing koi fish. Absolutely. Just about as expensive, too.
0: Are koi fish expensive? Super expensive.
1: Really? Oh, my God. My parents have a couple in their pond at their house in Texas. How big are they? They're I don't know. At least a foot, if not more. Okay. I mean, like tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Boy. Well, they like, also like legit keep... Koi.
0: Not like like carp. Not like pretty carp. Not Maybe like the that's gold what fish this has ones. to be, because I don't know. But like true koi fish? Yeah. Oh man, is there like do koi fish have papers?
2: <laughs> probably.
0: You? I don't. Dude, that's the thing. That's the thing. You no, know, we're sitting here. We're talking <laughs> about guns. We're talking about motorcycles. But I uh, guarantee you, yes. there is a vibrant koi fish collecting community. There's sure. probably. I bet we have one listener. We have to have at least one listener to send a koi fish. I bet they have papers. So email us if if koi fish have papers. That one listener. Mm-hmm. All the other listeners are sitting there going like, "Why are you guys talking about?" Koi well, fish? but the,
1: here's the difference. The animal thing is, I think, different, and it um it's it's a separation of this. But people that are into dogs, people that are into cats, really, right? people
0: are into cats. Yeah, like that's myself. It's weird
1: to hear you say that. Mm-hmm. But that is a different type of thing because it's not a machine. It's not. This is this is a living, living, breathing thing. And I think there is a separation there. That's a different type. And I'm not saying it's any better or worse or less crazy or whatever. But that's that, right? Do Do you think it touches
0: something different? Is sure. There,
1: is there something? So here's here's the question. This is I think the the
0: the end of the road to this kind of like weird route that we've gone down talking about guns because it's obviously a motorcycle show but is there something about motorcycle enthusiasts where it, where it's that mechanical i'm going to say lust for a lack of better yeah. word that transcends into different things yeah. that's why like you get i can be a motorcyclist but i can also be in the cars or i can be in the guns sure. or i can be into boats or airplanes air, airplanes is a yes. great example.
1: i know a lot of pilots who are totally who are motorcyclists right, absolutely and mechanical things right yeah. if you sat 20 Motorcyclists on a cruise ship, and we all got to go down to the engine room, all twenty would be stoked, right, yeah, I that's guarantee true. you because it 's a big mechanical thing, right? Just imagine a crank that just weighs tens tens of tons sure and and just seeing seeing stuff in action or hearing it or whatever right and i I think that can be male female sure right i i don 't think it I, it it transsex, sans sex, it transcends its race, it transcends religion. But what it does do, uh, you know, we can you can't completely ignore the, the political aspect of it is that the motorcyclists, by and large, are very independent, alpha type of people that I've met. I would love, I, I keep thinking
0: about doing this sometime and in, in doing like a, a questionnaire on Asphalt and Rubber to, to see the, the reader demographics. Because I, yeah. I can tell you, just from my, my personal experience, I don't have any concrete data. It's just very subjective. You Sure. What I've seen, there's a very vocal libertarian movement in yeah. motorcycles. Yeah. And we see that with a bait and um, Well,
1: you're going to have to explain a bait I don't even know what it stands for. I, yeah, because most people don't know a bait and I remember having to do a story when I was in you know, City College back 20 years ago, I did a story on helmet laws, right? Oh man. It was a it was a debate thing, right? So I had to go and look up the—I had to have both sides, though. That was the key, was that I was supposed to be fighting for both sides. Like, well, come up with a rational, logical explanation from one or the other. And I had never heard of a bait. I had come from Texas, which at the time had a helmet law. I think in the, in the mid-'90s, we still had a helmet law. Left, and they had gotten rid of it, and went to California where there was helmet law. Um, and I am a huge proponent of helmets, when I went to Phoenix, actually, when I was going to MMI out of Texas, I go to Phoenix. I took my helmet off one time, and I rode about five miles, and I was like, "Nope, nope, nope, not for me." Stopped, never went back. Right. Just, just to hear you come down, you, you say you're pro helmets, but are you pro helmet law? Uh, yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? Right. So I, 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 I vacillate. I don't have. Really? I don't. I don't say it definitively ever. Ever. I'm not. Yeah, no, I, I can't say that I am. I would err on the side of, yes, I would rather see helmet laws than not, but I totally understand that libertarian bend. Stop telling me what to do, right? I totally get it. Okay. I understand it. Okay. But at the same time, I think you're a fucking idiot if you don't wear a helmet on a motorcycle. Any All time, no, way, no matter what, riding down the block. I've seen too much bad stuff happen, and I know what, what happens to the human brain when, when it gets hit at any angle from anywhere. And I'd like to see at least some part of that brain covered, but you know putting bull helmets are stupid right if you're not you might as well do it all, and that's full face full on as good as you can, get helmets that's why i wear eyes right in my head, so anyway, we could go down on awry. a ride uh, but back to a bait. reading up on that was scary it was scary and and fascinating because at my nineteen twenty twenty one year old mind was. I'd never seen anything like it. I never had to I never had to look at it and in, look into it before. I didn't know it existed. But it's a group that is really focused basically on making sure that helmet laws are stained, uh that, that they don't ever get on the books. Right. right. That, when you say that that's yeah. their that's the pure reason for a bait.
0: That would be that would be the big one, yeah. Uh, I think they have some some other fish that they like to fry, but if you had to boil it all down, it would be the very much the libertarian argument of we don't want legislation controlling how we ride a motorcycle, and it's very I wouldn't even say it's right wing, I say it's very libertarian. Yeah, and it's very interesting, and we did um, we helped do a petition to um, uh, stop NHTSA from funding motorcycle only checkpoints, sure. and actually, you know. Sure. A, a bait actually did a lot of help uh, and it's a worthless. national highway traffic safety administration. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, if you didn't hear our last show about the recalls, that would be a new piece of information for you. Yep. Um, but it was, it was, it was interesting cause I wouldn't say asphalt and rubber is a very friendly publication for, for an organization like a bait, especially just for my own cause sure. so, so much of it is my own personal view. Right. And, and you know, I definitely have an agenda as having a, a, a mouthpiece that reaches motorcyclists to, to tell them to wear motorcycle helmets, to be safe when they ride their motorcycle, to be good motorcycle ambassadors for the rest of us. And I think, you know, my own personal opinion is that a bait probably doesn't really do motorcyclists any favors with, with the lobbying and legislation that they push. Not that I disagree with their their logic or their reasoning, but I look at it from a pragmatic point of view Where I just say, why would you not wear a helmet? Like. The whole idea, like when you go to the hospital, oh, you're, oh, you're an organ donor. oh you are riding yeah. a motorcycle? You're an organ you're donor. You're an organ donor
1: riding a murder cycle,
0: right? You know, it's like, well, yeah, I, 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 totally get why people think that because we, we aren't good stewards to this industry in a lot of ways. We don't do ourselves any favors. And at the end of the day, too, like I look at the point of view: if you're a motorcyclist, is not wearing your helmet, and you're going to rack up literally probably millions of dollars in medical bills when you crash your motorcycle, this idea, of like, yeah, your personal freedom. Your personal choice. They call it a. They call it a right. It's not a right. There's no rights involved here. There's no right to operate a motor vehicle on a highway. But this idea that your personal choice not to wear a helmet is 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 only affecting you. Like, well, when you crash and you rack up, you know, a million dollars in brain surgery, whose insurance premiums are going to go up?
1: Everyone else's. So there, there is. To be fair, they needed the brain surgery in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm no. Shh. I get it. I know. But that. Uh...
0: That's that's the debate, and that's yeah. and that's where it comes that's where it comes into. And for me, it's been very interesting to watch the AMA evolve over the last few years. Like I should ask you, you're or probably all right. I would imagine you're an AMA member. I am because you have an AMA race license. Yeah,
1: that was really the only reason I right. became an AMA member at the time. Back it was, I think it's been thirteen or fourteen years ago, was so that I could race ARMA. Mm-hmm. And then I just stayed on with it because they'd give you the cute little pin, and it was a it was a point of pride. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's up. They got up. you with a Farkle. I, I guess I got the little <laughs> Farkle, and I don't know. I don't know how it's been a long time since I've seen one Ooh, of those come in the mail. Maybe I funny. I let it lapse or whatever. But you had to be an AMA member in order to get a race license, and so I've had to re up it to keep that. Um, but in general, though, in my eye, it went deeper. Then eventually, I would get the magazine out and read it, and I liked that they were fighting for rights. To our right, uh, say rights, fighting for uh, us. Our privilege, privilege yeah. to. Uh, Use public lands to ride motorcycles on, Mm -hmm. which is, boy, that's another rabbit hole we could go down. As a person that likes nature and enjoys nature, but also likes to rip the crap out of it with a big old fat dirt bike tire, there's a balance to be found. And This goes with all my politics is finding that balance. The balance between not wearing helmets and forcing other people wearing helmets. Sure. Right? Sure. Uh, The balance between owning guns and keeping people from not having guns and the balance between being able to ride on public lands and telling everybody that nobody can ride anywhere on public lands right there's a balance between the two and, I, and I, that so that for me is what i liked about the ama is they were trying to do that the the against the checkpoints against insurance uh, uh, prejudice right there's certain things that they were doing that i want if they're if they're saying hey we're trying to get ethanol out of our fuels f yeah I want to. I'm right. all about that. Right. So I might have to deal with some of the bad, which was we're fighting for your right to not have to wear a helmet. Oh man, but you know I take the good with the bad. So that's where you're going with this, right? Because it's turned into an organization that is beholden to abate, which by the way is a brotherhood against totalitarian enactments.
0: I would have I would have thought tyranny was in there, but that's pretty wow. Close.
1: I never. I, don't, I know I've never read that. I must have just <laughs> glossed over that. I probably was like, as a 19-year-old, like, what's totalitarian, right? Anyway, a brotherhood against totalitarian enactments. I
0: feel like that, that just speaks for itself.
1: It does. It just lays it all right out there. It's so sad. Okay, sorry so a bait they're they're beholden to the a bait and or people like that that have right. contributed a lot of money because they just don't want to have to wear a helmet
0: and that's a and that's a, like you know, I know I love to play the guessing game of what are my politics because I feel like I'm a quagmire to people sometimes sure because it's for me I feel and so I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole here with it uh, for me I feel like a bait is the tea party to the amas Republican party absolutely for sure because it's just I just see this 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 kind of no helmets. You know, just freedom. I want less government. I want more freedom. Kind of rhetoric that, that has taken over. Uh, uh. Well, I mean, the AMA is a political organization. When you get down to it, sure, it's taken over a political organization, and it's like this vocal minority is skewing the priorities of this this large organization that has more fingers in a lot of different, you know, honeypots than just you know these these two or three issues that are being focused on. And that's that's always been my biggest interest or maybe disinterest with the AMA because I'm not an AMA member. I'll be I'm I'm loud and proud about the fact that the AMA does not represent me. There's there is nothing that I see going on. I shouldn't say there's nothing, but the core values, what I see the AMA doing as far as advocating motorcyclist rights, do not speak to me. Because I, I watch it and I sit there like, well you're so you're getting involved with with telling motorcyclists not to wear helmets and they they have this line that is we are pro helmet but we are anti helmet law. And I look at that as being like, Yeah, you know, I'm not religious, but I'm spiritual. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like you're yeah. just playing a semantics game. Because at the end of the day, what are you what are you really promoting? Um, you know, what my 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 personal opinion, the number one priority for the AMA should be lane splitting. Do you want you yes. want to do something that benefits yes. every single motorcyclist out there? Like if we can't agree on helmet laws, that's fine. And 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 I should preface, you know, I, I respect the opinions of anyone else that's out there and has and has a logical argument on why we shouldn't be advocating helmet laws. I get that's your jam. I personally disagree with it and I'll argue it with you, but you know, you're you're entitled to your opinion sure. and that's and that's a part of what this podcast is about, is that discussion. And I hope that this podcast, you know, like you get a couple of friends, you listen around it, and you have a good discussion sure. about helmet law yeah. for motorcycles. But I look at this okay, so maybe not all of us can see eye to eye on on motorcycling, but we should be able to see eye to eye lane splitting. Because if you want one reason, or if you want one thing that can get more people on bikes, make m- motorcycling safer, and, and generally just help the world, it would be to, to allow lane splitting across this nation. Because as a Californian, I've seen the benefits. So you, you get through traffic quicker. You add a reason. Like if you, if I could tell you, or you already have a motorcycle, but if we could tell someone like on the street of Portland, like, hey, doesn't that half an hour commute across town really suck? Wouldn't it be great if you could get there? in half the time if you're, you know, and all you had to do was get on a motorcycle and, oh, and by the way, parking would be
1: a lot easier and you could, you know, and you're going to get better fuel mileage, better fuel mileage. Your insurance is going to be like 10 times cheaper. Oh, you know, like there's, there's, we need them to be that advocacy because we're, we're obviously not loud enough because we've tried. We, as the people, the motorcyclists of Portland or of Oregon have tried and it came close, but it didn't come through. And as a person that spent 10 years in Los Angeles, I uh, I could say definitively that it, it, made my stay in los angeles better it is a it, it improved my life right as a motorcyclist to be able to lane split and it's one of those things like the the passing
0: of a pro lane splitting law if you're one of those people like i don't like lane splitting i don't i don't i don't want to do it myself i, I think it's personally as sure. dangerous sure. the beautiful part of it, it's just the law you don't have to do it if you don't want to right but it allows the people that do want to to go do it and i guess you can almost make the same home, uh, argument with helmets yeah uh That's so a slippery, slippery slope, slope. Right, you is, know? sure. So I'm talking out both why, corners of my mouth right now.
1: I know, but that's why I and I, I waver when you talk about helmet laws because I I feel very similar with with the uh, with the lane splitting. So it's it's a tough one. It's a tough one for sure. Because some some people would argue, well, it's not it's not arguable. It's way safer, right? Staying out of people's blind spots, it's way safer. But it well, depends well, on the human, it depends on skill. Well right. Okay, well I, I don't want to get well, I don't want to get too anecdotal
0: for evidence because you know, we, we, we talked about that in the last podcast. And, you know Yeah, but there's no anecdote to that Berkeley study, right? Well that's that and that's what I was getting to. You start getting down to what the research that the California Highway Patrol and the University of California Berkeley have done, and it shows that lane splitting when done at reasonable speeds that's the caveat sure is no more dangerous and possibly even safer than just riding a motorcycle period and that and that and that's you know that's that's, that's my science.
1: anecdotal evidence of 10 years hundred thousand miles i guarantee it st2 with bags 101 110 210 the one i mean i the 405 i mean we're talking a lot of time uh with me uh it's lane splitting right cbr 600 Oh my gosh! I can just imagine. And I did some stupid stuff for sure. I was young. I would lane split going ninety five, going splitting through people going eighty five, but it didn't. You know, it was fine, right? Because it felt didn't didn't feel that gnarly. So I would do. I was doing that for so long. I got used to it. And I knock wood. I I was I was fairly safe and managed to escape injury or crashing. I never crashed lane splitting. But when you think about it in the, in the the small times I did it say just on the city streets just just pulling up to the front of a stoplight at the, the you know being the being the first one away because you can accelerate away just that alone right was such a huge boon for me to be able to get through Pasadena to get through Glendale to get through Hollywood whatever and and to have that here in Portland after 3 weeks of trying to commute on a on a XR650 yeah. with a bald knobby across Portland it was one of the most dangerous things I've ever done. Three weeks of just sheer danger. And it sucks that now I am so much better off ensconced in my cage, right? In my leather clad cage. But I, I really, I mean, it was, part of it was exhilarating, but. At the end of the ride, i get off, i get the helmet off, I'd be at work, and I was terrified. It was like, I, I could have died five times every time I got on the bike. Well, right? and, yeah, and I think
0: that goes back to something we were talking about before the show, where, where Portland and Oregon in general have a very unique set of drivers that are just terrifyingly bad at what they're doing. Not because they're not paying attention, that's the issue. It's like, you're sitting there giving... All your concentration to the task at hand, and you're still really, really bad at <laughs> it's it. It's true. It's true. It's and horrible, it's, and it's it's one of those things like I don't think people can can understand it no. or appreciate it until you come from like California or or, or you know any other metropolitan. And come to Portland and see what it's like here because it's it's weird and seattle. Yeah, different.
1: it's same it's same as Seattle. It's tragically bad drivers here in a weird way. Like you would think, oh, they're all putting on makeup or mm. uh, reading the paper or texting or and, uh, and yeah, there, and there is some of that. That happens. On. Yeah, sure. But it's when you just see them like with ten and two on the steering wheel and they're still that abjectly bad at what they're doing. And and so that's that's scary. Whereas if I would have been lane splitting I'd be at the front of the line. I'd be avoiding all those blind spots all that time. I wouldn't get turned into 10 times on one boulevard. Anyway, that that for me, of course, I would get back to the uh to the AMA side. Yes, of course I want that. It, should I should they be as bad with the helmet stuff? Probably not, but the question is is it a vocal minority? And it sounds like it. It isn't because let's face it, there's more Harley Davidson riders by a long shot, and are we going to pre- uh, prejudge them by saying most Harley-Davidson riders don't want to wear helmets? Possibly. Possibly and, I want to say that.
0: And that's the thing that I think that that is really interesting, and that's, I think, something that gets overlooked in the American market a lot is this idea that one in two new bikes sold every year is a Harley-Davidson. And so you, it's this idea, like, we have a very dichotomous industry in the sense that there's roughly... Five hundred thousand motorcycles sold every year in the U.S. Roughly, yeah, it's obviously fluctuated a lot over the last ten years because of the economy. But so you see, you know, so you have about half a million bikes sold every year. But it's it's two very different groups, or you already should say it's it's one big group that Harley Davidson group, that cruiser style group, and then it's kind of everyone else, and that's like the dirt bikes, that's adventure bikes, that's sport bikes, that's guys on FC ones commuting, that's guys on Goldwings sure. touring it's a whole spread it's it's guys on Ducatis doing track days or girls or girls I should say thank With you girls uh, 13% women I believe now uh, really in the 13 I think that's so. good I Roughly. Like to hear that it, it's slowly coming up and, and, and again it's interesting to watch because it's it's you know, I think this is a subject we wanted to say for another podcast but I will just say really quickly we've seen Harley-Davidson doing a lot of outreach to women and so when Harley-Davidson again selling 50% of the bikes every year in the US does a campaign that focuses on women it and brings makes women a in a huge it, difference. It it ticks the the whole box as a whole for the industry. So that's interesting and, and out of note. But it comes back to this idea that like you know we're very this very split. This very uh, there's a schism I would say in the motorcycle sure. community. I agree. And with it's that. and it's like Harley riders and everyone else. And it and, and it skews that that um, perception. And I think that's one of the issues that I think the AMA is probably having a hard time with because it's like one of those ideas like well. Of course, we're going to c- cater to like the the stereotypical Harley rider who's wearing, you know, uh, um,
1: putting bull helmet <laughs> and and chaps.
0: And, and if they're lucky, it's a, it's DOT because some of these helmets. That's the funny thing It's like there's like these there's a oh, lot. You of you buy the sticker. That, you buy the
1: sticker that says DOT because it's not even close to DOT legal.
0: It's just crazy. It's just crazy that someone to my mind that someone would do that. But obviously, it's it's a big enough issue in the industry that we talk about it. In. And, and that's one of the reasons they have these motorcycle only checkpoints is because there's so many of these non-DOT helmets that people are wearing. And it's very, very interesting that the, there's that whole subsect going on. And I, you know, and if you're the AMA or if you're a bait, it's like, of course you're going to cater to them to some degree because they're 50% of the industry right off the bat. Whereas, you know, you know, any the other 50% where it's that BMW rider, that Ducati rider, that Honda rider, You know, those are probably three very different personality types that only account for, if you're lucky, double digit percentages.
1: I think it's going to disappear, though. Over time, you're going to get more rational, logical thinkers that aren't focused on the the lifestyle completely, that have to feel like they're, you know, uh, in the wind with their faces exposed. I I just it boggles my mind that somebody would want that. But I think that's going to eventually disappear. It's just take a long time, right? So
0: here's an interesting question. 10 years from now or 20 years from now, do you see the motorcycling population in the U.S. as being larger or smaller than it
1: is now? Yeah, man. I think it's just going to flatline unless we do something different. See, that's, well, that's the problem. Unless we you, you, do something to, to get more people riding. like you're, I guess that's, that goes to what you're saying. Make it easier to ride or better to ride, save lane splitting. Well, that's, that's always the joke for me. It's like, okay, this idea with with no helmets
0: it's like well you know you're going to crash your people out of it if you if you yeah. put every motorcyclist with a helmet on they're going to stay in the sport longer yeah you know true just, just because of the sheer health factor of it but the interesting thing for me when i look at the motorcycling population as it slowly ages you say flatline but by sheer attrition of age it's not going to flatline it's going to decrease you think if 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 everything remains the same if the status quo is maintained I don't see the mo- the motorcycle population increase. So
1: you think the Harley riding will drop dis- precipitously due to that type of bike being less attractive to
0: that? That's been the criticism of Harley Davidson for for the past few years is this idea that their demographic is slowly aging, and you know,
1: and they're trying. They're trying. Their marketing over the past couple of years has been well that, trying. And I think to that's younger.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the response to this idea of like, hey, most of our our baby boomer riding population is rapidly approaching 60 and is going to be starting getting to the, that's like you see like a lot of uh, harley davidson trikes are, are growing sure in popularity because it's this idea of like can't ride a two-wheeler anymore can't keep it up especially when it weighs 800 something odd pounds so but i can ride a trike until like i'm falling off the dang thing
1: which be- is really easy to do because it's a trike <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i'm saying like yeah, it's this idea like it's 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 more car like it's it's easier to yeah, ride you can i know well, it's the same reason why the, what is the three-wheeled thing that's Bombardier or the Rotax The Can-Am? Engine. Can-Am. Yeah. That's not American, is it? I think it's that's N- North American. Canadian. It's North American, right? <laughs> North America. Um, same reason why that is becoming a, a very, well, it blew up. I don't know where they are at now in the market, but in the first few couple of years, you're like, ugh. But then it took off because a lot of people that just don't want to have to deal with the, a lot of the problems that are associated with motorcycles got on that. They right. have a
0: strong niche. I mean, I, I want to say they sell like around fifteen thousand units every year. It's mm. it's interesting. Sure. And you notice that they're they've got a sport model, but their 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 bestseller models are touring models. Sure. Uh, which skews as a demographic. Keeps skews you in older. the wind. It keeps
1: you exposed. There's still a a feel and a vibe of being out and about and not constrained by a cage. Right. Yeah. You straddle it. You you you're not like in it like a what is it a crossbow? What is the the the, the expo? Expo? No. Are you thinking the slingshot? Slingshot. Sorry. So all that crap sounds the same to me. So a slingshot, um, where you—that's basically a car, right? With three. Well, wheels. the Expo is definitely a car. The slingshot's, yeah. I mean, it's basically a car. You sit in a seat. Sure, but that's made in America, right? Yeah. It's Polaris. Polaris. Yeah. Right. American engine. America. That's a GM. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it's a GM. General Motors. Yeah. I can. I can hear that something an American did engine. Did somebody? Did I hear an eagle? We need to have like a little eagle. We need to have a soundboard. We can press though. All right, you know what I mean, that's the sound you would go to. The not kaka, the- it would be, it C-ca-tow, would be, ca-ca-tow, ca-ca-tow. you know, I don't know. Screech, I can't do the an screech, the eagle screech, yeah, that's it, that's what I mean. And I'm sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't phonetically say eagle screech. Oh, uh, if someone can do a good eagle screech, <laughs> email us at two enthusiasts at Asphalt.
0: Wunderlich, yeah, I'm
1: gonna get there. Yeah, no I won't be able to speak anything you're else. You're not gonna get there, you're not gonna get there. All right. So we went off on so many tangents. I don't even know where we're at. So we start guns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to try and get you to, to, to tighten up these loose ends. Cause I don't even know where to go with it. Oh, that, that was your prompt. Now, that's my prompt. Like, so, I, so, I feel we need to come to a yeah. conclusion here.
0: So, so for me, I think, you know, it's just for me, like I don't have a real conclusion because I look, I'm just kind of looking and watching.
1: I'm confounded by but, it but, myself, but it's very interesting to see. So,
0: you know, I see as, I have this worry that if the status quo is maintained the, the motorcycle industry is gonna decline. I don't think that's gonna be the case. I look at I look at like like my, my world's a lot smaller. It's it's just the media, the, the the publication side of it. And I'm watching the struggle of print versus digital and, and, then, and then in digital you have blogs and you have social media and then in social media you have Twitter versus Instagram and Facebook and everyone's kind of doing something. So I see a lot of innovation in that space and I see a lot of you know, publication like mine that are new that are coming out and they're catering to a different audience or they're doing things in different ways and to some degree the old publications are catching on in some ways they're rejecting it and it'll evolve and hopefully there'll always be someone in the space attracting that next generation of, of motorcyclist but I, I don't know if that's necessarily the case but i definitely look at like the ama and i sit there and like okay, if you continue to be hijacked by this Tea Party, if you continue to be hijacked by this this abate personality and and, and push this agenda, and, and the new crop of writers like myself that are in their 20s or 30s who sit there and go like, what are you, you know, gun-toting libertarian freedom writers thinking? Like, that is not, I don't want to be a part of that. That turns me off to it. And either reject the industry as a whole or reject the AMA, like, like myself. Like, I've basically rejected the AMA as... Or an organization that represents me. I do not think they represent me as a motorcyclist. I'm looking for that other organization, that splinter organization that's gonna be like, Yeah, we're pro Helmet Laws. We are pro lane splitting. We're gonna be, you know, making that our top priority instead of this other issue representing you in that yeah, way. Yeah, they're
1: so deeply but and it's and, and and it, there's no way that that would ever happen, right? And, and I don't
0: think that's going to happen. To be honest, I don't think there's really space for but for two I think organizations like that. The AMA
1: will have to change the suit, and
0: that's and that's my thing. The AMA is going to have to make a choice of whether they're con- going to continue uh, chasing that demographic, um, that that libertarian demographic, and, that, and that's the the conversations that I've had with the AMA. Is they say every year we send out a questionnaire and we see which issues are most important to our members, and those are the issues we follow. And I say that's I bet that's really interesting. But how many members are you losing each year like as you push farther and farther and farther into this agenda how many are you losing by the wayside that would be on the other side of the agenda because it'd be interesting instead of following what your members are are, are believing if you instead led what your members to what mm. they should be sure you know supporting sure. or you know instead of being a react a reactionary organization be a proactive organization and i think that's a huge cultural shift for, yeah. for the AMA and, and and the motorcycle industry in general is so reactive. It's so, so reactive. We are so conservative. Sure. We are so slow to change. I remember when I started Asphalt and Rubber and I was looking for advertisers, the first thing I had to do was tell them about the Explain internet.
1: Explain to what the internet
0: is. The series of tubes that people are talking about <laughs> cats and pornography on and sometimes <laughs> motorcycles as well. And then let me tell you why my publication is a great fit for you. It, but it's it's just so weird just in my seven years of being in the, in the motorcycle, well, I've been in the industry a little longer than seven years, but seven years of doing asphalt and rubber of seeing the manufacturers and how they approach the internet and how they do that and how slow it's been. Cause you sit there and you're like, the internet's been around for a while, guys. Yeah. Al Gore invented it. Like, come on. <laughs> sure. You know, that was like two Clintons ago.
1: Well, so, so speaking to the, 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 the draw of motorcycle, my motorcycles in general, mm, that's where we started. Right. <laughs> right. I, I can't fathom that it would ever go away, like we you what the biggest problem we have is or that I think we're going to face is that people are deciding where to where to spend their money, and other things are ha- there there's plenty of other things that they can do. I worry about those who would rather sit around a tube and play is it fallout Fallout 4. Oh, Fallout. I hate this argument. I hate this argument so much, but I'll let you finish it. Well, I know, but, uh, but that's that's what I see. Can you do both? Sure. But I I worry about how much time gets sucked up by the synthetic life that people live or whatever you'd call the you know, online only or not getting out. There's there's also those who would go, I don't know, do other extreme sports or, or would rather go camping and you know get into four wheel drives or they 're just doing other stuff you know what motorcycles are cool, but they don 't get they don 't get deep enough into it or they 're scared of it that 's that 's what I see unfortunately over the past twenty years of watching people get into it if they 're really hardcore they stick with it but i 've seen a many a person get into it male female, and either get scared off by it by either crashing or spending too much money or having problems. And not having a good support system that keep them up with it. That's a good point. The right. support system. Right. Yeah. So you got to have the support system. You have to have the, the lifestyle. Uh, and not just the lifestyle is, hey, look how cool I am. But the lifestyle of what happens when things go wrong. How do you, how do you get help? How do you tell, impart knowledge to people to say, hey, this is what you, you need to do to keep your machine up correctly from a mechanical standpoint or keep your skills up? um and I, I don't that 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 is what i worry about the most is that there's not that for the new riders for the new enthusiasts to come on um i had to find it on my own i was a kid in central texas nobody was helping me out i was i just had to just do it right do i feel that there are people out there to do that now yeah i meet them all the time and it's awesome but it's not that common it's really no. not right people like yourself get into it you weren't it wasn't like you were born into a motorcycle family Right. So you had to go out and seek out this stuff and then get knowledgeable and, and dig into it. Right. It takes digging in. It takes being good at what you do. It takes it takes uh, a focus. And I, I you know, in this day and age when I guess that's what I meant more about the fallout thing or the computer games, is there's less focus. It's like, ooh, squirrel, it's time for the next thing. Ooh, squirrel, it's time kind of the next thing, and they don't they don't focus, which is the only way you get good. And the only way you get good and stay safe is by continuing the ride and doing it a lot. It's that ten thousand
0: hours idea of like, you know, you need to do ten thousand hours of something to be sure. to be to be truly masterful of it. And there's there is that, but you know, I hear it a lot in this space and I hear it a lot usually from from older demographics of especially when they talk about millennials, this idea of like kids would rather play a video game than ride a motorcycle these days, and I say bull fucking shit. Because, you know, video games for starters have been around for when I was a kid. I played Doom a lot. Yeah, you know, right? so it's like it's not this isn't something new, and sure, it, and it's very much a very condescending perspective on 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 the younger demographics, on twenty year olds and thirty year olds, with this idea of like, oh well, you know, little Johnny just wants to play on his computer and he doesn't want to go outside and and all this stuff, and he lives only online. He's got this online life. He's more into his online life than his real life. And I say, you know what? That's that's such a crock of manny bullshit excuse to come up with reasons. Other than blaming yourself for like, why, why aren't people buying, why aren't millennials buying motorcycles? Well, it's not because of you, Mr. Manufacturer, who doesn't do anything meaningful to market to, to people in their twenties. You can keep marketing to 50 olds and you take on this conservative approach where you don't even know what the internet is and you don't even support online publications. You only take print publications to your press conferences and blah, 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 blah. blah. Don't don't blame those things. Blame the millennial. Blame the kid. Yeah? Blame a good the point. kid for not being engaged in your product. That doesn't make what any sense. What about it? That, whatsoever. Like I said
1: earlier with about the balance though. I think it's there. When I think about me and my Doom playing SimCity playing self when I was younger, once I got a motorcycle, that pretty much stopped. I was focused on other stuff, right?
0: I, I think it's priorities. I mean, I think for for you and I, who are so deep down the rabbit hole on motorcycles, yeah, I mean we don't have a lot of bandwidth let's say in the rest of our lives for other things but like you know like it was actually funny interesting today because i was looking at i was looking at getting a sailboat and i was you know, we've actually been talking about i don't i don't i'm not a big gamer i was like you know it's kind of the winter it kind of gets rainy maybe i'll get an xbox and i'll just play some first person shooter games or whatever or Actually, I actually like Gran Turismo. I'm a car. I'm a car gamer. Fair enough. Sure.
1: Go um, Get your force feedback wheel and yeah, 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 get multiple know. screens and put them in front of you. And oh, I do something silly. Yeah, but, sure.
0: But, but who am I going to go play with online? My
1: motorcycle buddies. Yep. That's the funny
0: thing. Yeah. But it's this idea, like you can have more than one interest. You, you know, can. Obviously, sure. we are very uh, deep in our personal interests on motorcycles, but that doesn't mean everyone else is. And and I don't think you have to fault them for that. And and this idea that um, you can't uh. Have those things in your life at the same time I think is wrong. Now, granted, there is, I think, a a cost side of it where it's like I have X amount of dollars of of disposable income. Am I going to spend that on a new computer game? Am I going to spend that on a thing for my car or my get a new motorcycle or I'm going to get that cool bicycle or I'm really into rock climbing? There is that component to it. And you can only have so many hobbies, but I look at it as the sense of motorcycling will always be an option for people. People will always, I think, be attracted to it. It's up to us as an industry, one, to, to engage them, and two, to retain them. And I think we're doing both of those things extremely poorly right now. We don't do a good job of reaching out to younger generations and saying like, hey, these are these two-wheeled death machines that you should... You should Take a look at their yeah. Check out this Murder Cycle Man, it's kind of, they're, they're kind of, they're kind it's of fun, awesome. you might enjoy it, yeah. And then, by the way, once you get in, we don't do anything It's like, hey, you know, you should protect yourself, you should get really good gear, and you should wear a helmet. And you know, you you shouldn't probably try and, and go 10 tenths on the road and drag a E and drag an elbow <laughs> like you part see Ross of the race do it. to the
1: bottom. I haven't probably said this very often, but I, because I've been trying to not say race to the bottom, but that's for me what the motorcycle industry is and has been for every 20 years i've been in it it's a fucking race to the bottom like how cheap can can somebody buy it as a consumer how quickly and easily can we market it as as a shop and or a, a manufacturer it's so frustrating to be part of that but i i'm trying man i'm trying real hard to 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 not be yeah. part of that yeah. right i'm i'm a free market economist in that
0: way sometimes though where i say like you know what those kind of people those kind of companies and those kind of organizations are going to take care of themselves and they're going to create opportunities for or their, I should say,
1: their departure is going to create opportunities. Yeah, for other be, organizations yeah, that are more forward-thinking. Absolutely, that will be the survival of the fittest. Right. I'm all about the Darwinian. Yeah. And, right.
0: And, and I don't like to toot my own horn, but like if if Cycle World and Motorcyclist and Sport Rider were killing it online, I would never have had a chance of Fastball and Rubber.
1: No, totally sure. You, you know, man, I, I and neither would
0: any of the other blogs or any of the other online publications. If those guys were killing it with brands that are probably ten times older than mine now. You know, so much more history and so much more depth. To their name than than you know just upstart little me yeah should never have had a chance but they were they they obviously weren't doing something right so there there's an opportunity there's a reason I can do as much web traffic as Motorcyclist the second largest publication in in the United States for motorcycles because there's that opportunity there because there is that kind of Darwinian thing evolving and it's been very interesting for me to watch this this evolve in the space of seeing new play new publications and seeing new voices and seeing new personalities come in and fill the void of these sinking Titanic ships. You know, it's like the water, <laughs> it's like the water cresting over the, the arm rails of the Titanic. And just, you know, there's, there's Leno you know, he's like, he's like, yo girl, there's totally room for me on the raft. And she's like, nah, no, there isn't. And then like the rest of us are just coming in and piling on and it's going to be smooth water at some point to so just get lost. That metaphor got really, Oh man. I lost it the thread deep. somewhere through. It went
1: deep, <laughs> like about as deep as the, where the Titanic's lying at this stage. But yeah, I, I can see it. And having, as a, as a ghost writer writing for Cycle World a few years ago, uh, doing all the service, right? That's the only experience I have with it. It's still, you know, it's still Cycle World, right? It's the name. It's a big deal. They're still got some really good writers and really good uh, uh, management uh, that I know uh, managing it. So they're they're trying. As far as the online thing, I don't know, man. It boggles my mind how. How none of them seem to be doing it very well. But you'll see some, like I've seen, a, 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 there's a gentleman named Ari Ari, Ari Henning. Yeah and, yeah, and I've seen some videos. Uh, it comes up on my Facebook feed. Two wheels. What is it? On two wheels. I don't know. I've seen him do service stuff because I'm obviously more bent towards service stuff. So he'll, he'll put videos out and he, here, here's him working on a bike and doing something. And I see that and I'm like, it's heartening to see at least yeah. somebody's getting it. But he's also probably between twenty-five exactly. and thirty-five. Exactly. He's and he's trying and and desperately trying. Whereas some other people there are holding on to ancient. You right? want to watch a good a good video? I, I gotta give total props to Ari and Zach.
0: They do the I think it's called the on two wheels. Yes, okay. Like I've a, seen that. It's like sure. a little side and it's YouTube. Rad. They thing do a pretty good job of
1: it. They are putting out some great videos. We should kill them on that. We should go and do that ourselves, and just be like, "Okay, it's time to murder." But it's but it's interesting because that's that's the new set, and and you know,
0: I think that's that's too like what um, Bonnier, the media group, is struggling with is how can we be the old school print journalism? There's a wall between editorial and the business sides, and you know that. But at the same time, they created their own media marketing firm, basically, to to be Ducati's marketing arm, to be Honda's marketing arm, and create content and stuff for them. So there's very much a lot of conflict there, and that's a whole different podcast. Yeah,
1: no, and that that's a podcast that's probably worth getting into, because the, the people would want to understand, right. that are listening, they'll understand how strange that part is. Sure, sure. Right?
0: But I look at this on two wheels, and I think, like, that's perfect. That's that's You keep your, your journalistic integrity, but you're putting out really cool content. Because they did the one, the one I'm having in my head that, I was, that I'm thinking of while I talk, is they did a comparison with the um, BMW S1000XR and the Ducati uh, Multistrada 1200S, the new one, hmm. and they they did a side by side comparison. It was very tongue in cheek, and it was very well done, but it was also informative and they were opinionated. And I was sat there, and I was like, I was impressed. I was extremely extremely impressed because it, it's it's everything that it should be. And the only downside I have for them, it's like it only got like 150 thousand plays or 200 thousand plays on YouTube, which is a lot, but doesn't make a lot of money when you start breaking down the math on it. Sure. So it's like, well, okay, well, there's something there, but the content wise is good. And so the rest of it's just marketing and business stuff that you have to do. But it's interesting to see like, there's, there's things like that, that I see and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's mot- hope, maybe motorcyclists has hope for it. Yeah. You know, maybe they're going to find their voice or maybe like, you know, the content like that is going to resonate with people and it's going to, it's going to engage a younger demographic or it's going to engage non-motorcyclists or it's going to keep motorcyclists in it. Instead of like I look at some other publications and I have one in my head that I'm thinking of right now that was print and now it's digital. And like you look at how they approach digital and it's just like they were approaching print and it put them out of business. It's it's cycle news is what I'm talking about. I shouldn't, I I can't hide it. But it's so sad because it's this idea like they basically went out of business because they were a racing publication, but they were publishing racing results so after the fact of when it happened And it used to work. It used to be fine. Like if you got the racing results a month later. No, it it was a big deal. was what I,
1: every single week, I would look forward to that in my motorcycle shop so that I knew what happened because I had no other real way to know.
0: And then the internet came along and you could get your results within a day. And then it was within like a few hours and within minutes. And now, like with Twitter, it's within seconds you have racing results. And so, you know, it made Cycle News completely irrelevant we saw them as a company fail and then they got bought by uh, the mag group mag motorcycle aftermarket group and uh They've, they've kind of reprocessed and they've got like kind of a bloggy front end, but they're still putting out like this digital version of their print magazine. And you sit there and it's like, and
1: it's fantastic. It's great. It's a great publication. Well done. But I and I signed on for it in the beginning, yeah. but then I stopped reading it because I don't know why. I don't want to sit there and turn no, the page. It like, make you sense. literally
0: has this animation of you turning the page yeah. on my computer screen. And you just sit there and you're just like, nope. Really, guys? Like, it doesn't work. What are you doing? Yeah. So, it, you know, and hopefully they figure it out and hopefully they. You know, I don't know what the plan is with them as a publication and that's a whole other podcast, like I said, but hopefully, you know, like, you know, some of these brands are going to figure it out. Some of them aren't, there'll be a vetting and then, you know, there'll be people like me that either, you know, come on board or or evolve and, you know, maybe we stay in the space and maybe we don't, but it's, it's that Darwinian, we're going to fight and figure it out kind of thing. And my, my only hope is because of that process, we'll start engaging younger writers, new writers, non-writers. And it'll replenish the rank. so it isn't just a status quo, and we slowly just kind of die out like the dinosaurs. But we'll have enough, you know, new riders and waves of people coming in yeah. down the waves. I well, don't, I don't see there's
1: any freaking way that uh, motorcycles will die out. There's, it's too awesome to ride motorcycles. What it does, what it will happen is there's going to be an ebb and a flow, but eventually it's going to come back, and it, it's not just going to be hip. Uh, it's gonna be oh my gosh! This is the most amazing thing to click into gear on a motorcycle, or just twist the throttle, whatever it is that we're gonna be doing in twenty years, yeah, and, and accelerate forward on a thing that you're straddling and moving through space on. Oh my gosh, it's an amazing thing, I, right? I, I will warn you. I will warn you that the the idea that it has to be this kind of
0: mechanical connection, like no, like know. we go back to with the guns, so sure. if to go full circle here, What's that it's this like simple machine mechanical connection to something that is alluring. If that's the only way we look at motorcycles, I think we still run the risk of dying out. I, I I look at and this is this is actually one of the other topics we were thinking about for this show. Like if you know you look at like the what I call the post authentic movement, and like what that is to you know to hipster or to to younger riders, uh, if that's what you know we kind of look at. Snidely, as, as more veteran motorcyclists, or as, I should say different motorcyclists, and not that we're veteran riders, we just approach motorcycling from this maybe more technical No, No, there's part way. of it that's veteran for sure, but it's a lifestyle thing. And and like, if we, we sit here and our high horses and say, Well, oh, you guys are motorcycling differently than I am, and I don't like that, and that's wrong, it, it, it almost is an affront to the idea of like, there is no wrong or right. It's this idea like motorcycling is different from you, you're approaching it differently, and who's not to say that? 10, 20 years from now, that's how the majority of riders approach motorcycle. Maybe that's how motorcycling lives on because the technical riders like you and I are sitting there like, oh, I like that this is a, this wheel turns and it engages a lever and then that hits a spring and then that goes through a gearing system and blah, 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 blah. Maybe that's no that, longer That's relevant.
1: why I changed from clicking in the gear to twisting the throttle. Sure. Thinking of the electric. That's what sure. I meant. Sure. Right? No, I get so that. So it would be the difference between firing a gun that's going to cycle a bullet or firing a phaser. That's like Star Trek, right? Same effect. I've got a thing and it's. It put it's, a hole in something. It's else. <laughs> firing an energy beam or a bullet, whatever. Yeah. It but you see what I'm saying? It's the same type of, of dynamic. I, that's, that's what I meant. And, and, and that- You're never going to get, as long as it's two wheels, but the weird dynamic of a of a front wheel that's canted at an angle that in the centripetal forces and all that, that you can't replicate with any other thing. No three wheelers, no cars, right? And you're straddling it and you're leaning and all that. That's what I mean. That's, that's what I'm saying is that part of it. If it ends up being, you know, nuclear propulsion, whatever. I, I, don't, I don't ions. I don't care. As long as it has that, that's what, I, that's what I'm saying.
0: It'll be interesting to say. Time's going to tell them that.
1: Sure, right? And I look forward to it because I'm going to be riding it all the way, Right. As long as there's kickstands, I'll be I'll be happy. It is, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I think that's time though, right? We we I don't know where are we at, man. It's been this- Yeah,
0: I think we're I think we're I think we've exhausted I don't know what we were talking about. I don't know what <laughs> we went down some rabbit holes, we took some turns. I think there was there's a lot of meat there to chew on. Uh and I think we'll leave it at that. Um because we're we're just about. At I, that I time know there's the like show. twenty
1: different things that I want to touch on, but I'm like, oh my god, we can't talk about that. So we're just gonna have to have a we're gonna regroup after this and discuss all the different tangents that we yeah. could go off for for other podcasts for sure. I think I think if anything, this shows that we've got a lot of meat to get through. Yeah. Uh, in this off season, so yeah, uh, I
0: look forward to uh, grab it. a we're cup of cocoa on. and uh, get your feet up on the couch, and we'll 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 get you through the next couple of months.
1: Either that, or if you don't like cocoa, you could get a sandy paws dark lagered ale that's what i'm having right now it's handcrafted in oregon and it has a little kitty a little picture of a kitty on the on the beer bottle it's so cute all right ready yeah kick stands up man good talk i'll see you out there all right
0: bye oh that was an interesting show yeah